Welcome to The Current, a podcast produced by We Stand for Energy. We Stand for Energy is a community that supports a reliable, affordable, and sustainable energy future for everyone and is a project of EEI, Edison Electric Institute, the National Trade Association representing U.S. investor-owned electric companies. My name is Christine Telford, Managing Director of External Affairs at EEI, and I am your host. Welcome to the latest episode of The Current Podcast. I'm excited to have two guests with us today. We have Philip May, President and CEO of Entergy Louisiana and Deanna Rodriguez, President and CEO of Entergy New Orleans. Welcome to The Current, both of you. Thank you. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Great. So one trend that we're seeing across the country are are rising energy costs, and it's a a huge challenge for EEI member companies and customers. What has Entergy seen as the primary driver for higher bills, both in summer and winter? You know, it's been two factors. I mean, first of all, we saw record temperatures this summer which has driven up usage. And at the same time, we're seeing high natural gas prices driving up the cost. Those two factors have combined to very high bills. What can customers expect for winter bills? Louisiana is on a two-month lag on natural gas prices. So what that means is we see the effects of natural gas prices much faster than other states. It's important to recognize that what our customers are going through also is coming at a time of rising inflations, higher gasoline prices. So they're really seeing the effect of added high utility bills. We need to be a true community partner, not just a utility provider. And what kind of bill help is currently available for customers? Well, we have the same drivers here in New Orleans. And so we are both working with all our companies, not just New Orleans, Louisiana, but all our opcos and working with customers because we think it's important for customers to have all the help and information they can. So one example is we provided 4.4 million in bill help to customers throughout the state through our community partners in the United Way. And what Philip mentioned was we're working as a community partner and we're partnering with other community partners. So it is not just upon us, but it's upon nonprofits, it's upon regulators, it's upon state entities, county entities. We're all working together. We also provide something called a home energy audit. Audits through the energy efficiency programs can be really helpful to customers. It's something that is provided free of charge to any customer, all they have to do is go on our website and go to www.entergy.com energy efficiency. We think that it is important for customers to do what they can on their end because we're certainly doing what we can on our end. Wonderful. That's fantastic to know that those types of customer programs are out there. Switching gears a little bit towards storms and storm costs, we are in kind of the thick of hurricane season at the moment. So storm recovery costs are also something that's unique to the Gulf Coast. What have you done to keep those costs low and ensure that energy system is ready for future storms? Sure. The past two storm seasons were the strongest and most destructive we've seen in decades in Louisiana. And it's still storm season, so we remain vigilant and prepared. Storm cost recovery is a reality along the Gulf Coast. So, you know, we work with our regulatory bodies on securitization. And what that does is it allows us to recover those costs at the lowest possible interest rates, lessening the impact on our customers. And Deanne, I know the city council has been working with you on that as well. As a matter of fact, just yesterday, the city council approved our securitization of IDA costs. 
And again, it is all in the view of helping the customer as best we can. That is one of the things that the council or any regulator has in common with any utility because we're thinking about the customer impact. And so securitization is one tool that we have where we can help stretch those costs out across a longer period of time and support the customers so they don't get hit with these large costs all at once. That's great. Yeah, I know securitization has been a successful tool for many companies in other parts of the country in terms of addressing these storm costs. So that's great to hear. Can you explain what's the difference between reliability and resilience? Sure. You know, reliability and resilience go hand in hand. Resilience is really about our ability to recover quickly from events like this. Climate change continues to present a real challenge for our electric grid. We've had a long and tough storm season the past two years. This included tornadoes, a winter ice storm, hurricanes Laura, Delta, Zeta, and most recently, Ida. Each of these weather phenomena had had their own significant impacts on our electric system and our local communities. But through it all, we persevered. Deanna, you want to talk about some of the opportunities we have? Sure. All you have to do is watch the news and see how storms are impacting everyone today. And Ida, while is important to us because it impacted us about a year ago, we're watching what happened at Ian too. So ultimately, we know that storms are more impactful. The winds are more intense. And the reality is that we have to invest right now today and get more prepared. I guess you can look at Florida and say, well, perhaps that was a good thing, right? In the sense that they were prepared. They started this about 10 years ago. We're on that journey now. And we've gone to our regulators and we've looked at what it's going to cost to pay now and start paying it over time rather than waiting for a storm to happen and then paying the higher prices when you're in danger or recovering from an imminent storm or a storm that's just occurred. So I think that's what we're trying to do is the difference between reliability, which is keeping our lights on every day and preparing for the storms that probably will come. That's a great explanation. Thank you for sharing that. I know you guys do a lot of planning with your regulators in terms of resilience planning. Can you talk a little bit about some of what you're doing with your respective regulators around resilience? Well, that's the part I think that is really exciting. And I'm not the engineer. Philip is the engineer. But when we talk about these things, as partners in the community, we talk about how it has to be a community conversation. So what we've done is we hired a third-party engineering expert that thoroughly examined and analyzed the company's entire system. So it wasn't just Entergy New Orleans. It was not just Entergy Louisiana. It was the entire system across our footprint. And in New Orleans, what it allowed us to do is make a compliance filing in July. And that included a comprehensive list of resilience projects. So it's a menu of things that we can do to make our system hardened and more resilient. And again, we look at this in terms of if a storm should come, you're hoping that what we've invested will be stronger and get through that storm. And it will. If we invest the dollars in everything they've told us, we know it will be successful. The second part of that is how quickly can we come back? That's the second half of being resilient. So if there is a storm and in this process, they looked at worst weather patterns and everything over the prior 50 years and then looked at the next 50 years. And what's so exciting is that for us, this has never been done. And so now we're able to really be very mindful of anything that we propose to our regulator and say, 
let's choose these processes and these projects together. Let's figure out what is the most beneficial for our customers. Louisiana is doing the same thing. You guys are ahead of us in terms of the filing, but we're going through that same analysis and we'll be presenting our filing to the LPSC shortly. That's great. And it's great to hear that, you know, it's it's really a hand-in-hand process between, between the company and, and the regulators throughout that. So how do Entergy Louisiana and Entergy New Orleans ensure a diverse kind of mix of energy? What other generation options is the company looking into? Yeah, so no, in the near term, a lot of what we're going to be adding in terms of new generations could be solar. Solar is very economic right now, and we have a system that can support a pretty significant deployment of solar. Recently, Entergy Louisiana just announced 475 megawatts of new solar has been approved by the Public Service Commission. I know New Orleans is making progress as well. We have a very progressive council, meaning that we have a very progressive regulator. And our regulator is expecting us to be more diversified in terms of renewables. So Entergy New Orleans is a little bit ahead in some cases with the New Orleans Solar Station, with Iris and St. James. Iris and St. James should be up and operating by the end of the year. I think it's building, again, a consensus with our customers, building in the affordability, and then also looking at the opportunities to diversify and how we can address what our customers need and then also what they want. And Deanna, I know that solar is the focus near term, but we want to keep options on the table. And one of the ways we're doing that is with a memorandum of understanding, which we both signed. And that memorandum of understanding is really focused on the initial steps that we need to take to one day make offshore wind the reality in the Gulf of Mexico. And again, it's really about keeping those options open. It may not be economic today, but we know it's a real option coming in the future. I think I'd like to add to that, you know, we just talked about resilience and that fleet diversification is part of our opportunity to address resilience. So again, Philip is talking about how all options are on the table. That's something that we all have to look at and see what's out there what helps us get through these storms that we know are coming faster and better. That's great. And I, you know, hearing about kind of these new investments, again, like you said, Deanna, you know, helping kind of on the resiliency side, so important as we transition kind of nationwide towards clean energy. So great to hear about that. You know, shifting gears again, I want to talk a little bit about an issue that we see pop up in other states in recent years, and that's the issue of deregulation. Both the Louisiana Public Service Commission and the New Orleans City Council have been discussing what deregulation could look like in Louisiana. Can you talk a bit about how that concept would impact customers? Well, it's really easy to answer that question because costs will go up, rates will go up. It will impact customers in a very negative way. I'm a native Texan. I actually lived in ERCOT. So I have firsthand experience of having to select power plants and working with reps in Texas. And I'm not disparaging Texas at all. Again, you always joke about how you don't never have to ask a Texan where they're from. They automatically tell you. But I'm here in New Orleans and in Entergy Texas service area, which was where I worked before, we were regulated and our rates are very competitive, if not the lowest in the area and certainly in the region for 
any utility in, in the country. So while the myth of retail open access may look like, oh, it looks great if you have competition and all of a sudden you can choose your provider, it often means that that only works if you're vigilant and choose your provider and you pick your nights and weekends and guess what happens? None of us do that. And and it ultimately results in customers paying more. I think it's it's not beneficial to residential customers. Now, from where I sit, Philip has a different point of view in the sense that his customer base is different, but I am over Entergy New Orleans. It's only Orleans Parish. We're 98% residential customers. It would absolutely cost our customers more. And that's not something that we're in favor of. You know, and I think that this is really about separating fact and fiction. You know, it sounds great. Competition should be better, right? But in some cases, it, it just really isn't. And so I think there is preponderance of evidence that retail access really has not delivered upon the promise of lower prices and improved reliability. And so we'll make those, those facts known as that doc goes forward and so forth. But, you know, for one thing, the utility is still responsible for the distribution of the energy to your home, regardless of the supplier you choose. So some folks are looking at this high prices as a driver, maybe some reliability issues. Those reliability issues won't be changed as a result of retail access, and the prices actually could be much higher. So getting those facts across, I'm confident that our regulators will, will see the light. Great. Thank you for clarifying that. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what deregulation actually means for customers. So I think that was really, really helpful. Finally, our last question of today, how does Entergy partner with the state and city on economic development? You know, if you're not your utility, you cannot thrive unless the area you serve thrives. And so we are a major driver of economic development and not only in traditional, but in non-traditional ways. And this is about attracting new and expanding business to our state. And it's a critical component of economic development. Entergy Louisiana has a strong partnership with the Louisiana Department of Economic Development and with the Secretary Don Pearson's team, helping to bring new shovel-ready sites to the state. In fact, every corner of the state. And I know New Orleans is also focused on development. When everybody thinks of New Orleans, they think of hospitality, they think of the hotels, they absolutely think of a good time. And we're thrilled and proud of that. But what we're also trying to do is address the diversification of our economy. And that's one of the things that we can be really helpful with. And we have seen some success. So, for example, we have the first new housing on LSU's health campus since 1967. That's a big deal to bring in dormitories to LSU Health Medical Center, and we're able to provide electricity to those customers. We have a new 120,000 square foot facility. It's a classroom for the Delgado Nursing School. Again, these aren't major, giant, you know, on the scale of industrial customers like Philip gets to deal with in Louisiana, but each one of these places, each one of these opportunities, each one of these buildings makes a big difference to not just the city, but to the economy of the city we love. We're really partnering in new job creation. We have investments with Calisum. It's a specialty cement manufacturer, and we have additional city growth, and it includes new industrial development, which we're trying to kind of move a little bit the needle on that because it's something that we have not historically done. We have the NASA Mishi facility. It's a new 50-acre industrial development 
And we're doing that in partnership with the CSX Rail, which will be a new mixed-use development in the Lower Garden District. So we're always looking for opportunities. You know, you can't keep anything open unless you have us and you work with us. And we work to partner with all our businesses, whatever size they are. Now, I do want to emphasize the partnership thing, because when we think about economic development, it is a very comprehensive view. It is assessing what are our strengths and weaknesses in the state, in the city, in New Orleans, and finding ways to improve and make us more attractive to businesses that want to locate here. You know, that starts with things like looking at our education system. Are we developing a quality workforce? So early childhood education, better quality schools technical schools and universities that are promoting and developing students who will be attractive to the workforce. All of that takes place. And we do this in partnership with schools, universities, along with the Baton Rouge and New Orleans Area Chamber, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the Greater New Orleans Inc., which is a economic development here in the New Orleans area, Louisiana Central, New Orleans Business Alliance, the North Louisiana Economic Partnership, Northeast Louisiana Economic Alliance, one Acadiana, South Louisiana Economic Council, Southwest Louisiana Economic Development, and the World Trade Center here in New Orleans. All of that, and that's a lot to say, all of that to say a very comprehensive approach to economic development because it will help our community thrive and help our business thrive. Thank you. I love that explanation. I mean, clearly, you know, energy is such a pillar within the communities that you serve. And so, you know, it's not just about kind of bringing businesses and economic development, but also investment in that local workforce, right? Because in the long run, that kind of benefits everyone. So really appreciate that. Well, we've touched on a lot of topics today from storms to resilience to economic development. I think we hit a lot of things and you guys gave us some great details and updates on what's going on at Entergy. So thank you, Philip. Thank you, Deanna, for joining us today. Really appreciate your time and good to talk with both of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. There's a lot to do and we're having fun doing it. We hope that you found this to be an informative 15 minutes and we look forward to bringing you additional expert insights on energy policy. To learn more about EEI and the electric power industry, visit www.eei.org. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast by searching for The Current and We Stand for Energy.